0: Series uh, titled "Pray Like Paul." Yeah, Yeah. Um, over the last uh, couple of weeks, uh, through this series, uh, we've been examining what it looks like for us to to pray uh, like the Apostle Paul. So, as we see the the different examples of of Paul's uh, prayer life uh, throughout the New Testament, uh, we can look at these prayers, and we have the opportunity. Uh, As we study the scriptures to understand what it means uh, to pray like him, as he sought to imitate Christ. Uh, So we thought about what it means for you and I uh, to pray with hope. To pray with hope. Uh, Last week we took time to examine what it means uh, to pray with a desire to seek his presence. uh, A longing to, to be in God's presence and to be expectant of how God might minister to us as we open up our hearts to pray. This is something that Paul emphasised in Galatians. Uh, Today we're examining the necessity of being praying men and women who carry an overwhelming sense of thanksgiving and gratitude uh, in our hearts. That we would be a people who pray with thanksgiving. So prayer with thanksgiving. Uh, For us to understand the role of of giving thanks uh, in the prayer life of the Apostle Paul, we're going to take time to look at 1st Thessalonians 1. And verses two to six. So I'm reading from the CSB, Christian Standard Bible, and the words are going to be up on the screen as well. So let's just take some time to to look at this this prayer of thanksgiving from the Apostle Paul, as a means for each one of us to understand what it means to also uh, pray with thanksgiving. So Paul says this: First uh, Thessalonians one and verse two. Uh, we always thank God for all of you, making mention of you constantly in our prayers. We recall in the presence of of our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labour motivated by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God that he has chosen you, because our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power, in the Holy Spirit and with full assurance. You know how we lived among you for your benefit, And you yourselves became imitators of us and of the Lord, when in spite of severe persecution, you welcomed the message with joy from the Holy Spirit. Let's just take a moment to to pray and ask that God would speak to this phrase word. So, Father, you are God, uh, and we are here today recognizing that, that we do not have any ability to understand what your word says, apart from the work of your Holy Spirit. So we pray that you would give us open minds and open hearts. I pray, Lord, that you would anoint my words, but you would also anoint each one of us, that we would be open to what it is you have to say. And we would not just be open to that, Lord, we would also choose to respond in faith and obedience as we go into this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, As we look at this passage, uh, I want us just to think for a moment uh, to what extent Do we as a church family uh, recognise the importance and the necessity of prayer? To what extent do we recognise the importance and the necessity of prayer? For the spiritual health and effectiveness of every single one of us. But also for the spiritual health and effectiveness of the church family as a whole. For the spiritual health and effectiveness of every church in this city. Every church in this nation. Every church throughout the world. To what extent do we recognise the importance of prayer in that regard? Uh, Last week we had what I would say is one of the most powerful Sundays I've ever been a part of in my entire Christian life Uh, and a number of you have shared uh, a similar experience uh, from last week as well. It was undeniable the ways in which God was at work in so many different instances and examples uh, and I'm not going to go through all of those but we can just... Think back to last Sunday and we can see how faithful God was and how he blessed us in so many different ways. So we had an incredible week of mission. We made so many connections with different people within the community. And that all culminated on last Sunday when everyone came together. um, And many individuals of different faiths were here last Sunday, uh, worshipping with us. They didn't just hear the gospel Uh, they saw the gospel, it was demonstrated not just in what we said but in what we did how we loved and blessed them and sought to be an encouragement and almost a symbol of hope to them as they saw us, I do believe it was Christ in us Christ at work in us Um, now you might look at all that happened last week um, and you might think uh, that just happened that just happened that's the way things worked out for us last week uh, by the grace of God, in his sovereign power, he ordained that we would have an incredible week, a powerful encounter with God. We happen to be blessed in so many different ways, including last Sunday, according to His sovereign will. So you might look at that, and that might be your response. Others of you might look, all that happened last week, including last Sunday, and you might say, Well, that shows us the power of prayer. And uh, we prayed. And we prayed, and we prayed some more. And we saw how it is that God answered uh, so many different prayers. In so many detailed ways. I mean, uh, there's so many different ways in which God answered our prayers. Um, And thank God that we have this relationship with God through Jesus. So that this intimate relationship allows us to pray, and then God responds in prayer. So which answer is correct? Were we blessed last week because of God's sovereign grace? Or were we blessed last week because we acted on what we believed was the right thing to do? We sought the Lord in prayer. Was it God's sovereignty? Or was it prayer? Was the blessing of last week down to the fact that he is authoritative, he is in control over all things? Or was it down to the fact that we were open to how it is that God might work? Well, to give you a one word answer, the answer is Yes. Um these arguments are not contradictory. Uh, both these points are in fact complementary. Throughout the Bible we see the importance of God's sovereignty, but we also see the importance of man's responsibility. In so many instances throughout Scripture, often we see these both these aspects of the Christian life working hand in hand. God is in control, absolutely, yes and amen to that. We are fully responsible as well. Yes, absolutely. We have a responsibility. I want us, as, as we think about prayer and as we think about this passage, I want us, just for a moment, and also as we think about this idea of sovereignty and responsibility, have a look at what G.I. Packer says on this very subject. He's speaking on the sovereignty of God and the responsibility of men and women. Uh, and he quotes Spurgeon as well. He says this, and it's up in, it'll be up on the screen for us. Packer says, what the Bible does is to assert both truths side by side in the strongest and most unambiguous terms as two ultimate facts. This, therefore, is a position we must take in our own thinking. Spurgeon was once asked if he could reconcile these two truths to each other. I wouldn't try, he replied. I never reconcile friends. Friends, yes, friends. This is the point that we have to grasp. In the Bible, divine sovereignty... And human responsibility are not enemies. They are not uneasy neighbours. They are not in an endless state of cold war with each other. They are friends and they work together. Amen. In other words, we do not need to pit sovereignty and responsibility against each other. Let God be God. Let man be man. Let us take everything the Bible teaches about God and man with the utmost reverence and awe including the fact that he is fully sovereign and we are fully responsible for our own lives. Uh, some of you this morning have received this notion of God as sovereign overall, God in control of all things, which is very important, as we've emphasised. And some of us, in our hearts from time to time, we can take hold of that and believe that, but we can also reject the importance of responsibility. And others of us, from time to time, can focus so much on responsibility, that we actually forget, that God really is, in control of all things, to put it bluntly, to embrace sovereignty, and to reject responsibility, and to reject sovereignty, and to embrace responsibility, are two equal and opposite errors, both are heresy, um, To recognise God's sovereignty and to neglect our responsibility is to be like Adam, who blamed God for his sin. And to recognise your responsibility and neglect God's sovereignty is to be like Simon Peter in the Garden of Gethsemane. And what did Peter do? He believed that Jesus needed his help and so he cut off his servant's ear. Neither are correct, neither are biblical, neither will bring glory to God in the short time we have on earth. So the truth is, we hold both in tension. We recognise the importance of both. What would it look like, Denison Baptist Church, for us to recognise God as in control and to give our absolute all to prayer, to believe that he's going to work in so many, various way, so many different ways? And I believe we've seen that just in this last week. The week before that, we had an incredible time of prayer. We were covering every single aspect of that Missions Week in prayer. And yet we still recognise the importance of the fact that God is in control. So, over the summer as a church, as Paul has mentioned, uh, we're going to be praying uh, six days out of seven. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and Sunday. This week we're not having prayer on Wednesday because it's going to be an important day for these guys. (laughs) Uh, There will be prayer during the ceremony, I can promise that. but, (laughs) um, But I want to invite you along to these times of prayer throughout our summer. Uh, As we take time to recognise God is sovereign, we are responsible. Um, We would also love you just to come along to these times, recognising that this is what it means uh, to be a part of the church family. When you look at the early church, when you see what God does in the Book of Acts, uh, there's so many examples of God's people meeting together to pray, and what are they doing? They're recognising God's in control, but we're also recognising we need to be open to God at work in our lives. The truth is, as we continue in this series, there's no greater responsibility than the responsibility to pray. And from time to time, we fail to see that. We get busy. We get occupied with other things. We feel overwhelmed sometimes that we don't pray. But for a moment, let's just take stock of the importance of prayer. Because we can spend the, the next seven, eight weeks... Thinking about the importance of prayer. Praying like Paul. But deep down in our hearts, we don't really want to pray. Because of so many different things in our lives. We perhaps have a desire to pray, but it's not the most important. Or one of the most important aspects of our life. Because there's so many other things that are occupying our hearts. Let me just share these words uh, from Don Carson. uh, On this subject of prayer. Uh, Carson says this. Where is our delight in praying? Uh, where is our sense that we are meeting with the living God that we are doing business with God that we are interceding with genuine unction before the throne of grace when was the last time we came away from a period of intercession feeling like that, like Jacob or Moses we had prevailed with God granted that most of us know some individuals who are remarkable prayer warriors is it not nevertheless true that by and large we are better at organising than agonising Better at administering than interceding. Better at fellowship and fasting. Better at entertainment and worship. Better at theological articulation than spiritual adoration. Better God help us at preaching than at praying. What a challenge. I'm really challenged by these words. And Parker also says, if you want to know the heart of who you are, examine your prayer life. If you really want to know what it is Going on in your life, and what you see as most important. When do you pray, and how do you pray? In what manner do you come before the throne of grace? It's in our prayer life, whatever form that may take. We see who we are, we see who we are. Uh, I'm so challenged by this personally. I don't think I'm just sharing all of this, not aware of the personal challenge for myself as I preach God's word. As I've said on many occasions, I'm preaching to myself before I preach to any one of you guys today. And I'm so thankful for the example of the Apostle Paul and our series because not only do I see someone who recognised God's sovereignty, but he also recognised his own responsibility. Uh, And not only do I see someone who is passionate for God through passionate prayer, I also see a biblical example that I can replicate. I see how Paul prays. And I see what is possible before me as I seek to honour God in my life. And hopefully you can do the same as well as you see this passage and other passages throughout the New Testament. In our passage this morning, Paul shows us what it looks like to be someone who prays with thanksgiving. Praying with thanksgiving. And Paul doesn't give in in this example a kind of general, God I give you thanks for everything. Which is something that we can do from time to time. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. But what we see from Paul is he gets very particular. In terms of how it is he prays. And how it is we should therefore give thanks. As we see how detailed Paul gets. We should also get specific in particular in our prayer life. And it's important to note. That this prayer from Paul to the Thessalonians. Is not an exhaustive list of how it is we should pray. This is not all that we should give thanks for. Of course, we can pray in all circumstances, in all seasons, about all things. But it's really helpful for us when it comes to what it is we should give thanks for and how it is we should give thanks. Because in this example, we see something of Paul's heart. We see what he saw as as most important within his life. Um, I don't want us to look at this prayer from Paul and be overwhelmed by it either. Um, There's no doubt that Paul was fully reliant upon God as he wrote his letters and as he sought to be an encouragement and as he prayed in his letters to the different believers. But just recognise this morning, the same spirit that was at work in Paul is the same spirit that's at work in each one of us. So if God gave Paul the ability to pray in a manner that glorified God, God will give us the ability to have the same, to receive his power and to pray in line with his spirit. So that Jesus is made much of in our lives. And that people would see us and see Christ at work. And that's what we just sang. Paul is a man just like us. Paul is a man just like us. So don't look at Paul and think, this is Paul, capital P Paul. No, this is just an ordinary man who had an ordinary faith. But who had great expectation and confidence of what it is God may do. So, have all of that in mind as we take stock of verse 2. That was just the introduction. Apologies, guys. (laughs) So, verse 2. Take stock of what it is that Paul says here. Paul says, We always thank God for all of you, making mention of you constantly in our prayers. We always thank God for all of you, making mention of you constantly in our prayers. Now, I would love to get to a place in my life where I could say with absolute confidence, I always thank God for all of you making mention of you constantly in our prayers. I would love to do that. As elders of this church, for myself, Paul and TJ, we would all love to be able to say that. We always thank God for all of you making mention of you constantly in our prayers when we meet together. But I know that I'm not there yet. We're not there yet. Of course, we want to see Christ at work within your life. We want to see you grow in your walk with Christ and your knowledge of him and in in your desire to pursue him with all that you are. Can we say with confidence that I pray for all of you? Can I say that? I pray for all of you constantly in my prayers. I can't say that this morning. To me, it sounds like this was Paul's pastime. Uh, This is what he got a kick out of. This This was his hobby in life. He was someone who was just constantly praying because he actually enjoyed spending time with his Heavenly Father. You know, we were patting ourselves in the back because we did 24 hours of prayer. Mm. But you wonder how Paul prayed each and every day? Uh, not in any sense that volume is important. Volume has some level of importance. But volume of prayer does not determine whether or not a prayer is faithful or effective you wonder how Paul prayed in any given day in a sense But such was his love for God that he was constantly communing with God and his desire was to meet with him day after day. Paul really did know what it meant to never cease praying. This is something that he commanded to the early church and this is something that we are called to do as well. There's a lady I can think of in the old church. Uh, there's also another who used to say something similar to her. Uh, any time I'm back at Caldwell Baptist, she'll come up to me. Both these ladies will come up to me and they'll say, I pray for you every single morning. Now, as far as I'm aware, these two individuals have no knowledge that they're both praying for me. Um, and they also have no knowledge that they've both been saying this uh, to me as well because they, they said to me at separate times. But I can't ever say in response to that. Me too, I pray for you every single morning. Because that would be a lie. That's not true. All I can do is take encouragement from the fact that I'm being prayed for. And for me, that's a tremendous gift to know that there's two individuals, at least two individuals, who are praying for me every single morning. Just in case you're not aware of this, uh, this may be a a new revelation to you, but pastors need prayer. Prayer. Uh, we need prayer all the time for all sorts of different things Uh, not just for ministry but for family as well and believers need prayer as well we all need prayer in our lives Uh, and so for someone to be able to say to someone else I pray for you doesn't need to be every day but for someone to do that to share that encouragement that's always a blessing not just in the spiritual realm but also within the heart and mind of that person So I take encouragement from the fact that I'm being prayed for. And I take encouragement from the fact that there are people in 2022 who are still doing this. But when I exhort you to pray like Paul in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, I can say that in full knowledge that there are individuals in my own life who are praying like Paul as we're looking at within this passage. So if they can pray like Paul, we can also pray like Paul. As Paul says this in verse 2, we can take confidence from the fact that this is actually possible. It is possible to pray for your church family every single day as you're led by the Spirit. So Paul says, we always thank God for all of you, making mention of you constantly in our prayers. May it be the case that our prayer lives are so all-consuming, so integral to who we are, that we can also echo these words. Notice as we continue in the passage that Paul here is not praying these general obscurities. But as I've already mentioned, he does get specific. He does get particular. He does go into detail. And there's four things I want to highlight from the rest of this passage, which I believe are super helpful for us as a church family, as we think about how it is we should pray. So the first thing I want to highlight is this. Paul says words to the effect of this. Number one. Uh, we thank God because because what? Because He has chosen you. Because He has chosen you. Have a look at verse 4. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, but He has chosen you. He has chosen you. If there was ever a, a word of Scripture on God's sovereignty, what we've just spoken about a minute ago, then we can be thankful for the fact that Paul wrote this in 1 Thessalonians 1 and verse 4. He has control over He has control over all things, He has a full authority. Over every single aspect of our lives, God has chosen you and I. Meaning that we can't take credit for the fact that we're in Christ. Have a look at what Paul writes in Ephesians 2 and verses 4 to 8. And these are, are well known words. These are verses we spend a lot of time looking at as a church family. But they just a helpful reminder. This is almost an unpacking of what it is Paul says here in 1 Thessalonians 1 4. He says this Ephesians uh, chapter 2 and verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love that he has for us, made us alive with Christ, even though we were dead in trespasses, you are saved by grace. He also raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavens in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might display the immeasurable riches of his grace through his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. And this is key. Verse 8. For you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourselves is God's gift. Not from works so that no one can boast. So God chose you and I if we have faith in Christ today and it is an absolute gift. None of us can take credit for it. It is God's gift from him to each one of us. God chose you. None of us here today can boast in the fact that we are right with God. My relationship before God is only possible Because God made a choice to be right with me. I can therefore rejoice in what Christ has achieved for me, not what I have achieved for Christ. It's a gift. It's a gift. So Paul says that in light of the fact that God has chosen you, I thank Him that this is now a spiritual reality in your life. This is something you know to be true. You were once blind, but now you see. You were once lost, but now you have been found. You didn't make yourself see didn't find yourself, it was God who did it, all glory goes to him why? because he has chosen you so Denison Baptist Church is there a brother or sister in Christ who has been a great encouragement to you, so as you look around and also those who are not with us today, as you think of those individuals within the life of this church is there someone or maybe a number of people who have been a great encouragement to you take a moment this week to thank God that he has chosen that person and is there a brother or sister in Christ who frustrates the life out of you (laughs) as you thank God for them which is what we're all called to do, give thanks in all circumstances as you thank God for that person thank God for the fact that he has chosen them and Denison Baptist Church is there a brother or sister in Christ who you long and hope will receive some kind of breakthrough within their life? As you thank God for them, are you first, first and foremost, are you thanking, them, thanking God for the fact that the ultimate breakthrough has been achieved, that God chose them and they now have life with Christ? So we thank God and we thank God first and foremost that he has chosen each one of us. So take a moment this week to identify individuals those who are a blessing those who are maybe less of a blessing uh, those who are maybe finding life difficult thank God for them and thank God for the fact that he has chosen them the greatest blessing that we can ever receive is the blessing of Christ and the second area of thanksgiving I want to highlight just from this prayer of Paul is in the first part of verse 5 so Paul moves on Um, And he says, we thank God because you experienced his power. Number two, we thank God because uh, you experienced his power. And it's the first part of verse five I want us to look at. Because Paul says this. He says, because our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power, in the Holy Spirit, and with full assurance. And so Paul is saying here, this is how we know that God has chosen you. Because it wasn't just words. The gospel wasn't just this transfer of information from us Mm. to you. Something took place. There was evidence of God at work in your life. And have a look at what Paul says in the first part of verse 5. It was the word of God at work in your life. And it was with power. It was in the Holy Spirit. And it was with full assurance. There's three things that Paul says here. So God has chosen you. And we know that God has chosen you because the Word of God was at work with power and the Holy Spirit and with full assurance. In other words, there was undeniable outward evidence that God choosing them was more than just the Thessalonians agreeing to an idea. It was more than them just intellectually saying, I agree with what the Gospel says. Or something that actually took place. Something happened. Something undeniable. There was no explaining it apart from God. Paul says that the word came with power and this is reference to either miraculous power or power in the preaching of God's word or even a combination of both. As Paul preached, it was every chance this was accompanied with signs and wonders through the Holy Spirit and an undeniable sense of the presence of God as God's word was proclaimed. And Paul says that the word of God came in the Holy Spirit and there's quite significant overlap with that idea of, of the word coming in the Holy Spirit. It's the preaching of God's word and power that leaves the hearer under no illusion the fact that it's God speaking through that person into the life of someone else. As God speaks through the preacher, transformation takes place. And then finally, Paul says that the word of God came with full assurance, with full assurance. In other words, the Thessalonians were absolutely convinced and convicted that what they heard was true. For the Thessalonians, what was being preached to them was true, and for them, they had no other choice than to respond in obedience to what was being said. So Paul here is saying, "I thank God that He chose you, and we know that He chose you because of the work, because of what the Word of God was doing in your life. The transformation of the Thessalonians was confirmation of our genuine election, and for all those reasons, Paul is thankful." He was under absolutely no illusion that this church, this gathering of believers, had genuinely received the gospel for themselves. And again, aren't we reminded of what it is we should prioritise when we think about what it is we should be thankful for? It's no bad thing thanking God for a parking space. That's okay to do that. (laughs) But there are so many other weightier, more important things that we should (laughs) thank God for. How often do you and I thank God For the ways in which the Word of God is at work within the life of another believer. How often do we do that? Last week during Holiday Cup, there was quite a few occasions where we were sharing the the Word of God, and a few of us were just having conversations as a team and saying, You know, we're we're doing this, but I don't know how much it's hitting home. There doesn't seem to be much of a response. And again, something similar happened in Esau. We were talking with the learners, we were teaching English, and it just felt there was like this wall. There wasn't a connection with what we were saying when it came to talking about the gospel and the difference that Jesus can make in their life. And yet, by the end of the week, a few of those individuals who we had concern about in terms of them really getting it, turned out they really did understand what was being said because we could verbalise what it is we had had shared. I had a Muslim man uh, come to me on Friday um, and we'd shared quite a bit each day and he was there every single day. Uh, and he said he was going to go home and watch the Jesus film. And he was pretty convinced he would have questions after he watched it. And so he asked for permission if he could then text me and ask the different questions that he had about the film. And of course, I said yes to that. Absolutely. And all of last week, we can give God thanks, that seeds were planted. Seeds were planted. We've not seen any outward evidence of salvation, but we know we have laid a foundation. It is God who grows. We have planted. We'll continue to water. It's got it as a growth. It's got it as a growth. So Paul is thankful here. Because the word of God is doing a work in their lives. And we can be thankful as well. God is at work through his word in our lives. As a church family. But he has also been at work through his word. In the lives of our community. As we've sought to reach out to him. So we thank God. Because of what God is doing. And number three. We thank God because... Paul says, you're producing fruit, you're producing fruit. Have a look at uh, what he says in verse 3. Uh, Paul says, uh, we recall in the presence of our God and Father, your work produced by faith, your labor motivated by love, and your, in- your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. So for Paul, their work, their labor, their endurance was as a result of their, f- their faith their love and their hope. So their work, labour and endurance was the fruit of their faith, their love, their hope. Their gospel roots resulted in gospel fruit and the power of the Spirit and for the glory of God. And so Paul says here, I thank God that I can see this in your life. I can see how it is that God is working. So a challenge for you this week, look around the room Look at the people who are here again. And think about the people who for whatever reason are not here. And in what ways can you see evidence of God at work in their lives? Who is it in this church that you can thank God for? Because of what Paul says here. Because of their work produced by faith. Their labour motivated by love. Their endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. To pray like Paul is to pray exactly these words. In light of who it is you see in this room today. Recognise him this week. And actually go about the business of thanking God. And notice that Paul does something else. He doesn't just recognise how God is working. The fruit he sees in individuals. He thanks God for what it is God is doing. But he also connects with the person. He writes this letter and he says, past tense, I have thanked God. For you. and I'm continuing to thank God for you for all that he's doing I thank God for you for your work produced by faith your labour motivated by love your endurance inspired by hope there's a very simple reason for why as Paul does this Paul recognises the importance and the, the power of encouragement of being built up in the faith simple words it's, it's very easy very simple for us to, to share I've prayed for you and I'm so thankful for you for how it is God's working in your life. Very easy to do that. And yet it highlights something of what God is doing. And it brings great encouragement to that particular person. Because this is a a spurring you on moment. This allows us to keep on keeping on. When someone identifies the walk that we are taking for Christ and when we find it really difficult, we feel overwhelmed and someone comes alongside it. When someone comes alongside us and says, you know, I'm praying for you, I'm thankful for what I see in your life, Mm -hmm. that just encourages us to keep going and to keep going. Not for us, but for God at work in us. (coughs) So I would hope, as a church family, that this would be our DNA. We would just be outdoing one another when it comes to encouragement and to prayer and to thanking God in prayer and to telling people that we thank that person in prayer for him. Blessing and encouragement can come as we prioritize prayer and we verbally declare that to those around us. So number three, we thank God because you're producing fruit. Uh, And finally, number four, Paul says we thank God because we got to play a part in all of this. We thank God because we got to play a part in all of this. And have a look at the second part of verse five. In verse 6, Paul says, and you know how we lived among you for your benefit, and you yourselves became imitators of us and of the Lord, when in spite of severe persecution, you welcomed the message with joy from the Holy Spirit. So Paul wants to, Paul wants to remind them here, as they lived among the Thessalonians, they benefited too. They were blessed as well. As the Thessalonians imitated Paul and his ministry team, As they imitated the Lord Jesus himself, they came to this reality of joy in the midst of their severe persecution. And Paul could look at all of that and give thanks that God was using Paul and his team to be an encouragement to the believers in Thessalonica. To walk with someone as they walk closer and closer to the Lord. What a tremendous privilege that is for each one of us to draw alongside someone to walk with them. We can be thankful for what God's doing in their life but we can also be thankful for the fact that we have this opportunity to be used by God in some way. And we aren't short of people to do that with no matter what stage of the journey that we're at. So this morning I invite you to prayerfully consider who it is you could walk alongside and help and encourage within the church family. That God doesn't need us to do that and yet he wants us to play our part he wants us to play a part so that we have a deeper knowledge of what it means to be a part of the church and what it means to be disciple makers we get to be involved in god's bigger redemption story has great commission for the world this is a a small a multi-purpose room that we have and we spend a lot of time moving tables and chairs from this room to the porter cabin and then from the porter cabin this room takes a lot of energy Uh, and sometimes we'll have some of the kids thinking that are helping so we'll have a long table two people will be carrying a long table and you'll have a wee kid in the middle (laughs) thinking that are helping (laughs) or you'll get a kid that's basically the same size as that chair carrying the chair uh, back to the porter cabin and if we're honest it is a a great blessing to see children in the church and children doing that sometimes it can actually be a bit of a danger in terms of health and safety (laughs) sometimes it can be a hindrance but we're so thankful that these kids understand the importance of serving, they're seeing what we're doing and they're seeking to replicate it in some way and in many senses we don't really need the help, it sounds quite brutal but we don't need the help, we can do these jobs ourselves but we want them to be a part of what it is we're doing and in the exact same way God doesn't need our help you know, we're walking about this one chair thinking we're doing a great job God doesn't need our help. God can do all what he would want to do within this world and in the lives of those who don't know him. And yet, God wants us to play a part because he recognises something very important. We have a bigger, fuller picture of what it means to love God and to love ours as we are playing our part in ministry within the life of the church. All of this underlines the fact that God, God is at work God is at work, both before, during and after every single discipleship process. It's God at work, it's in his power. It's not about any one of us helping someone else. It's about iron sharpening iron. There was this mutuality to it. We're all helping each other. We're all equipping one another. And when we see the Christian life in that way, when you see the Christian life in that way, you can't help but be thankful for how it is God is working within the life of the church. So as we close. Let me just invite you. Let me remind you to ask this question. Uh, four questions to ask yourself. Who can I thank God for today? doesn't need to be one person. It can be a number of different people. As you identify these people. Ask these three other questions. How is the, how is the word of God at work in their life? Uh, what fruits of the spirit do I see in their life? How is it that I can encourage and equip them in Christ? So how is the word of God at work? What fruits of the spirit do I see? And how can I encourage and equip them in Christ? And having asked these questions, go about the bold and courageous thing of contacting them and telling them that you're praying for them and you want to see Christ more and more formed in their life. See what God does as you make these important steps of faith. And watch how the church family is blessed. If many of us do this, watch how we are strengthened and encouraged as a church family. And watch how how powerful our witness is when non-believers see us. They see how much we love one another. And when they see that, they see Christ. As we respond, let me just say, if if you need prayer uh, for anything that we've spoken about uh, as a church family today... Uh, then do speak with us. We have a time of worship. We're going to respond uh, in a moment through Psalm. If you would like prayer for anything, then do do contact us, either during the worship time uh, or afterwards uh, during a time of fellowship with tea and coffee. Uh, I recognise that perhaps you've never committed your life to Jesus. You've never made that decision uh, to follow him. Then you can do that today. Uh, We can pray for you. You might feel burdened or overwhelmed by a particular situation. Confuse us to the way forward again. As a church family, we would want to pray for you, and we are here for one another to help. You might need healing for something. We believe in the God who can and who does heal, and so we would trust that God has His very best for you in the midst of what you face. And we would want to pray uh, healing over your life. And as we sing together over the next few moments, uh, we come to the table and we we recognise the words uh, this morning of one John four. In verse 10, John says this, Love consists in this, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. It's not that we love God, but he loved us. He chose us. And as a result of him choosing us, we can now experience life and life in all its fullness. Christ is the atoning sacrifice for all of our sins. And so we take this bread and we drink this cup And we say thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus for how good you have been to me. I rejoice in all that you're doing. And I pray that I would more and more know what it means to follow you if all that I am. Jesus' body broken for us. His blood shed for us. All that we could live. Abundant life for his glory. It was on a night in which he was betrayed that Jesus took the bread. And he broke it. And he said this is my body which is for you. And in the same way he took the cup. And he said, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. As often as you drink this, do so in remembrance of me. So let's take this bread and drink this cup if we have faith in Jesus today. And let's recognise his abundant generosity towards us. Let us be a people who really do pray with thanksgiving as we come to this table and recognise his goodness. So let's pray together as we now respond. So Father, we, we thank you for your word. We, we thank you for the example of Paul. We thank you for how passionate he was. And we thank you that, that your power was displayed so evidently within his life. We pray, Lord, that we would also just carry a, a heart that longs and desires to pray more. Lord, we want to pray more, not for any other reason apart from knowing you in a deeper way. And we pray, Lord, that we would carry the correct perspective in our lives as we consciously choose to give thanks for the particular ways in which you provide and bless for us. Lord we thank you for every single person who is here today. We thank you for the gifts that you have given them. For the love that you have shown them. For for all the ways in which you provide for them Lord. We, we recognise that you are good and you are just. And that you want to bless us. You want to help us. You want to lead us in the days that lie ahead. And may it be not for our own sake but for your glory. May we be transformed by your love and grace. May we choose to live in light of your will. And may we see those who don't know you come to know you through our faithful and fruitful example. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Love you guys.